Start each week learning and growing as a community. Join us as we embark on the next growth adventure with the weekly reading. Hi, welcome back. I'm Charlie, and it's a pleasure to be bringing you this week's reading from The Secret Power of Yoga by Nishla Joy Devi. This week we are on chapter six, and so far it's been an amazing journey. Go back and listen to the other chapters if you missed them, and make sure you join us on Mondays for Mindset Monday when we get to talk about it. So, uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and get into it. <clears throat> Chapter six, the four locks and four keys, sustaining equanimity. These sutras speak about the potential imbalances we may encounter on the physical, mental, and emotional levels. They obscure the knowledge of our true nature. Offered are various ways to prevent these imbalances, as well as ways to regain that precarious balance if lost. They show why the spiritual path is often likened to walking on a razor's edge. Perception of our true nature is often obscured by physical, mental, and emotional imbalances. These imbalances can promote restlessness, uneven breathing, worry, and loss of hope. These imbalances can be prevented from engaging by developing Loyalty to a sacred practice. To preserve openness of heart and calmness of mind, nurture these attitudes. <clears throat> Kindness to those who are happy. Compassion for those who are less fortunate. Honor for those who embody noble qualities. Equanimity to those whose actions oppose your values. Slow, easeful exhalation can be used to restore and preserve balance or engage the focus on an inspiring object or cultivate devotion to the supreme ever blissful light within or receive grace from a great soul who exudes divine qualities or reflect on a peaceful feeling from an experience a dream or deep sleep or dedicate yourself to anything that elevates and embraces your heart. Sutra 1.30 Perception of our true nature is often obscured by physical, mental, and emotional imbalances. Sutra 1.31 These imbalances can promote restlessness, uneven breathing, worry, and loss of hope. Sutra 1.32 these imbalances can be prevented from engaging by developing loyalty to a sacred practice. These sutras are understandable and do not seem to need further commentary. They may not as they may not be they may not they may be not as easy to put into practice as they are to comprehend. 1.33, to preserve openness of heart and calmness of mind, nurture these attitudes. Kindness to those who are happy. Compassion for those who are less fortunate. 
honor for those who embody noble qualities, equanimity to those whose actions oppose your values. This is a large dose of practical advice that allows us to integrate the highest spiritual values into our everyday lives. When we engage in the more formal practices, that is postures, breathing, or sitting in meditation, distractions often occur. We are affected by these distractions. However, they are more manageable when confined to our private world. Once we leave our sanctified space, the intrusions of the larger world present us with many more challenges. Here we are offered four priceless keys that if used in conjunction with the correct locks, open portals that enable us to retain our inner peace in all circumstances. The greatest challenge is to remember that we hold the keys to our own peace. At first reading the sutra, we may think this is easy. Of course, I would react that way. As we begin to apply these subtle principles in our daily lives, we can trick ourselves into believing that we are kinder and more compassionate than we actually are. The ease manifests when thought, word, and deed mesh together. These keys are also useful when reacting to our own actions, which can be even more complex than other people's actions. As the judging and mind barges in, can the heart supersede it? Let's look at what a few of the challenges might be like. Of course, allow these to serve as examples that can help you explore the challenges in your own life. Kindness to those who are unhappy. Imagine that you are meeting a friend whom you have not seen in ages. You pack a picnic and head to the park to catch up on what is happening in her life. Finding an ideal spot, you spread out a blanket, lay out the food, and begin to enjoy the tasty dishes and the wonderful company. After the first two bites, both body and heart feel nourished. Just then, a man sits down very close to you and lights up a big, fat, juicy cigar. Puffling, puffing happily, he leans back in the grass with a big grin, allowing the billowing smoke to waft directly into your nose and onto your food. Before taking any action, observe your mind. Are you annoyed? Even angry? Who is he to ruin my perfect time by polluting us with cigar toxin? Is judgment creeping in? Are you thinking how unconscious he must be to do something like that? Is he doing it purposefully to annoy me? Your blood pressure has probably risen and your immune function is already weakened. Not from the cigar toxin, but from your own emotions and thoughts that have taken control. Now, give the heart a chance to look again at the man and the situation. He seems happy, relaxed, and at ease with the world, enjoying his treat. Do you want to spoil the mood and your own special time by responding to the situation with anger and self-righteousness? Those two emotions in particular can take hours to recover from. Instead, try opening your heart and allowing kindness to meet his happiness. With a kind of vibration, let the man know that you are happy he is enjoying his expensive cigar. Since you also would like to enjoy your meal, would he mind directing the smoke in another direction, or even better, enjoying it in another location? 
His response will often match the energy as well as the words you put forth. <clears throat> Most situations in your life are not as dramatic, yet the same remedy will apply. Try overriding the mind's indignation with the heart's desire to love everyone. You may be amazed at the results. Compassion for those who are less fortunate. The word compassion is such a beautiful word, soft and gentle. It is comprised of two parts, calm, meaning with, and passion, meaning any intense emotion, either pleasurable or painful. Many times, it is difficult to know which aspect of passion we are feeling. And sometimes we clearly encounter both at the same time. Compassion is a form of infinite love in that nothing can affect or limit it. It is extolled as a virtue for the very few, but is it? As women, we seem to have a natural gift for radiating love and compassion. Our heartfelt compassion often embraces people in unfortunate circumstances beyond their control. What then could prevail that would obscure this natural quality? In certain circumstances, a hesitation on our part may occur when someone is unhappy and needs our compassionate balm. Could our own worry and stress place compassion on the bank on the back burner? Running late might be reason enough to create anxiety and prompt us to neglect our compassionate nature. If you feel rushed, a simple delay accelerates your anxiety. I think everyone has had this experience. You're waiting at a red light. Right as it changes to green, your foot comes off the brake, hovering above the gas pedal. You're ready to go, but traffic is not moving. Irritation mounts. You strain to look out the window, even give a toot on the horn. Why are they not moving? The light is not going to get any greener. Probably someone's daydreaming or talking on her cell phone. I don't have all day. Let's go. You're now in a fully adrenaline-charged state. Imagine that when accelerating forcefully as the light turns from yellow to red, you notice out of the corner of your eye a blind woman and her guide dog safely finishing traversing the street. That was the cause of the delay. The very delay that caused you to be so irritated, anxious, and even angry. Observing the woman and her dog, your heart is again able to open and expand. The anger and annoyance dissipate, replaced by compassion. The next time, in a similar situation, recall the story and give the benefit of the doubt, allowing compassion to take over the driver's seat. Compassion for those less fortunate. Once we decide a person has a genuine reason for her suffering, our scope of compassion waxes and wanes, according to how much we feel she caused her own problem. Let's say that after getting fired from her third job, your friend comes to you for a compassionate year. Each time she was fired, it was because she borrowed money from petty cash and was discovered. Your mind is thinking, well, she did it and she got caught. She's smarter than that. Why would she do such a thing? She doesn't need the, the money that much, does she? Running wild with judgment and castigation you plan your speech based on tough love but she has already been reprimanded and suffered humiliation due to her actions 
out of work and defeated. She came to you seeking compassion and love. This is a perfect time to step back from the situation and reevaluate your role. Let your heart softly interrupt the blaming process and observe. She seems so unhappy. Her heart is sad. She feels rejected and embarrassed and knows the next job will be harder to land because of her now very blemished record. Your part is to soothe her with a compassionate balm rather than play a parental role and teach her a lesson. Whatever action people take, whether you approve of it or not, always make sure they know that you love them. Through compassion, you find that all human beings are just like you. His Holiness, the Dalai Lama. Compassion for those who are less fortunate. The way we treat others often reflects on how we treat ourselves. When we are compassionate to those around us, it becomes easier to replicate that compassion when we are the one who caused a problem. Did you ever press the wrong button on the computer and delete hours of work? Or perhaps you thought you set the oven to go on at a certain time, but your dinner guests arrived to find dinner uncooked. At times like this, and even and in even more serious situations, having compassion for yourself is most important. Instead of calling yourself unkind names, take a moment to speak sweetly, as if to a child. It's okay, sweetie. We can always call for takeout. This is when you need all the love and compassion you can soak up. For many of us, compassion is a one-way street going out of ourselves. Let it circle back around. Use compassion as a soothing salve to treat everyone, starting with yourself. Compassion for myself is the most powerful healer of them all. Theodore Isaac Lubin Honor for those who embody noble qualities. Thanks to electronic news media, magazines, books, and the internet, historical information is in abundance, and most of us are fortunate to learn of great souls and their accomplishments. The opportunity for inspiration seems boundless. As we rejoice in and appreciate their qualities, we are inspired by knowing that such greatness is possible. If this dynamic feat can be done by one, why not by others? Much of what we need to achieve the extraordinary is encouragement and inspiration. The rest seems to take care of itself. Who are some of these great souls? We can probably agree on quite a few. Mother Teresa, Martin Luther King Jr., Mahatma Gandhi, Nelson Mandela, and others inspired miracles in our world. Through them and their deeds, the whole of humanity is elevated. There are also countless uncelebrated heroines and heroes among us, living their virtue quietly, who we know little about. Everyone has human limitations, along with her or his greatness. It is up to us to choose which aspects to focus on. Observing noble qualities in others is a virtue of the heart. Our own horizons expand as we look toward the highest in others. Feeling discouraged, we may deflate our own talents while putting others on pedestals. Oh, she is so talented. I could never dance like that. She is such a good cook. I always burn at anything I bake. 
or in our insecurity, we find reason to bring them down beneath us. Yes, she might be an extraordinary leader, but she is so wrapped up in her work that she neglects her family. Instead, try to find noble qualities in everyone. Some of us may need to become archaeologists and dig deep. It could be as simple as the graceful way she picks up a flower, or her keen fashion sense, or his good work ethic. Whatever it is, no matter how simple it may seem, focusing on this virtue will create a pathway in our heart. The more we practice this way of relating to others, the easier it is to recognize their divine qualities and ultimately ours too. Spiritual teachers are everywhere. If our hearts are conditioned to recognize them, these ordinary people have allowed me some of my most precious learning experiences. Equanimity to those whose actions oppose your values. There are people in situations that make her blood pressure spike by the mere mention of them. Certainly, when we are offended by cruel or brutal acts, we feel we have the right to judge and then seek retribution. It would be a wonderful world if all people acted with honor and consciousness. That, unfortunately, does not seem to be the way of life in this age. We ourselves, at times, maybe may have acted, spoke it, spoken, or thought unkindly or hurt another person. Yet we are eager to condemn, judge, and criticize others for doing so. The divine is present in those who do unmentionable atrocities. Granted, it is sometimes very hard to locate the divine in such people. Their minds and emotions are so disturbed and clouded. It is difficult to perceive the goodness that resides within them. For retaining our openness of heart and calmness of mind, we must learn to forgive even the unforgivable. The ultimate measure of a person is not where they stand in moments of comfort and convenience, but where they stand in times of challenge and controversy. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. The virtue of forgiveness is often misunderstood. There is a reluctance to grant it for fear that it will let the offender off the hook. But in truth, forgiveness is a natural stepping stone to compassion. It gives us the opportunity to free others and ourselves. To hold hatred in our hearts is to clamp them tightly closed. Though the wrongdoer may feel the effects of our hate, we often suffer the most if we encase it within our hearts for too long. It erodes the very fiber of our love. It also binds us to the person we are condemning. By dwelling on the situation, we continually affirm that those who wronged us actually had the power to hurt us. This allows them to continue to hurt us. They become the object of our unkind focus. It is for our benefit, more so than for theirs, to see them as divine beings. Forgiveness is a soothing balm vital to our health and happiness. If we grudgingly forgive, we still deem the other person responsible. They did this to me, but I, in my generosity, will forgive them. As the heart softens through forgiveness, the understanding emerges 
that they are also hurt and unhappy. And then forgiveness melts into compassion. Through compassion, the identification of someone else as the perpetrator of our heart vanishes. We understand that it is our perception that harms or heals. The same benevolent light shines within that person's heart as shines within ours. To preserve openness of heart and calmness of mind, nurture these attitudes. Kindness to those who are happy. Compassion for those who are less fortunate. Honor for those who embody noble qualities. Equanimity to those whose actions oppose your values. It's experiencing using the right key to unlock the attitude to preserve openness of heart and calmness of mind. At the end of each day, take a few minutes to review the attitudes that you used freely. Was there a situation where you applied incorrect, the incorrect key and it did not unlock a feeling of peace? Yet perhaps... In another situation, the correct key opened to an unexpected feeling of calmness. In a journal, write down the lesson as you experienced them. Reinforce the attitudes that you would like to incorporate into your life and alter the ones that no longer fit who you want to be. Continue for several weeks and then anticipate how you have blossomed. Sutra 1.34. Slow, easeful exhalations can be used to restore and preserve balance. 1.35. Or engage the focus on an inspiring object. 1.36. Or cultivate devotion to the supreme, ever blissful light within. 1.37. Or receive grace from a great soul who exudes divine qualities. 1.38, or reflect on a peaceful feeling from an experience, a dream, or deep sleep. Retaining our balance and restoring it, if lost, are of utmost importance to our spiritual life. Recognizing that imbalance is the first step. Fortunately, once we know we are tipping that delicate balance, there are many ways to help restore our equilibrium. These sutras speak for themselves, giving us the guidance to regain our balance. 1.39. Or dedicate yourself to anything that elevates and embraces your heart. Here we are given carte blanche to choose anything to which we want to dedicate our hearts. The preceding sutras have generously given us many wonderful suggestions for focusing the mind and the heart. Most people will find a suitable choice from within that group. If you do not find one that unlocks your heart, the sutras now invite you to create your own using two guided principles. First, choose something that will elevate you just by invoking its presence. And second, choose something that you love dearly and embrace it fully in your heart. If you are sincere and dedicated, you will be transported to its divine qualities, and from there, your inner peace will be unveiled. These are sure recipes for success in spiritual practice. Or dedicate yourself to anything that elevates and embraces your heart.
Thank you for joining us for this week's reading of The Secret Power of Yoga by Nishla Joy Devi. See you next time. Namaste. We take the mystery and pain out of social media consistency for your business, giving you back time to shine in your zone of genius. Social media is the new branding. It deserves its own attention, thought, and effort. Yet so few businesses actually take this seriously and invest enough time on their strategy. We can do it for you at an affordable rate that will fit into your budget and allow you to pursue other revenue channels as well. The hardest part of social media management is keeping up the consistency to be seen and know what to post, when to post. Are you ready to have everything ready to go for you, saving you time and energy by not having to do it all yourself? Still getting your message out so that people get to know you, like you, and develop trust while opening yourself up to more time for the business of your business where you shine. Working with women in leadership, BSMB LLP is a unique experience that bridges the gap from face-to-face to virtual relationship marketing. Not only do we love to help you shine in on social media, we love to share tools to help you grow with us, body, soul, mind, and business. Check out our podcast and YouTube channel for Mindset Mondays, Social Media Training Wednesdays, business interviews and special topics on Fridays, and weekly readings on Sundays. To schedule your consultation or podcast interview, head to our website, www.womeninleadershipbsmb.com. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel so you get our weekly readings on Sunday, our podcast, Mindset Monday, social media training with Heather on Wednesdays with a live Q&A, and guest interviews and special topics on Fridays. Thank you for joining us. Find out more and schedule with us online at www.womeninleadershipbsmb.com where you have a spot at the table. Thank you for joining in on the fun. Be sure to like and subscribe for more.